0: When you shop online at alienware.com/deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com/deals. That's alienware.com/deals. What's up guys? Welcome to the first ever episode eighty four, of the kind of funny games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Hello, hello, hello. It's good to we're be here wearing with the you. same shirt. Don't, why'd you immediately? I want to diamond, bring attention uh, to it immediately. I couldn't let the people have to. I just, be
1: there I guessing. didn't expect it. I definitely didn't expect it from you. You don't wear t-shirts often. I don't. Let alone the kind of funny t-shirt. Well, I packed to, all my shirts for PAX. We're about to go to PAX. You can find
0: our schedule. Over at kindoffunny. slash packs, which at this point this I mean, only you helps you early. if you're getting
1: it on Patreon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you should check us out. We're
0: doing a bunch of cool stuff, and I'm hosting a panel. And I'm a
1: little bit scared about it, you're, but you're gonna be great. South Park man, you're gonna kill it.
0: Um, yeah. So I had to wear this because everything else is currently being laundered.
1: Oh, see, I packed I. I not to say I don't like this shirt, mm. but I packed all my uh, my favorite kind of funny Go-tos. shirts. Yeah, my my San Francisco Bridge one. PS, I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Producer, seducer, team fat. I feel you. So, so then, this is there. like the one that's like, this is an everyday kind of funny shirt. This isn't a special occasion kind of funny shirt. I can wear this whenever I want to wear it. If everyone else wanted to wear it, where could they get it? They get it at kindoffunny.com store. It's true.
2: It's very true. What about you, Colin? What, uh, I, what shirt are you wearing? Shirt? Uh, I'm wearing a Lewis and Clark shirt. I'm just laughing because Kevin just had like a blunderous <laughs> like, switch <laughs> and then sat back and actually just shook his head in, a, in, the, uh, in the negative. <laughs> um, no I'm wearing my usual polite provision sweatshirt that I wear every day I like the sweatshirt but Eric Castro make it in black if you get it, he does it, make it in black I'm, I'm getting it, it, it's, oh, it's black with uh, with a uh, gray oh, oh I, uh, I would select the pink but uh, can I buy this online no okay. this is only this is only for people that work there or me mm. well, I'm mm-hmm. sure I can get one probably you having fun there Kev? That doesn't look like you. Kevin, know. you have a lot of fun? Switching's hard.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Games Cast. Every week we get together, talk about video games, all the things we love about them. You can get it early on Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games, or you can get it late on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games. Either way, we love you a lot, especially Greg, right? I love everybody. You know that. That's, my, that's my whole I shtick. Do. I do. You know what else you love? What's that? The, the Patreon users that submit topics and stuff. Oh. Just like. Min Chung did. Oh. Min Chung says, this month's topic is simple. You guys are in charge of the PlayStation Vita 2. Mm. What would you do in terms of hardware, software, UI price, games Oof. lineup, etc.? See, I now like here's this thing. One. I like it too, because we're timing it. This episode's gonna be going live the week before PlayStation meeting. So, this is our final kind of chance to talk about this thing
1: that's probably not going to happen. Remember, on September 7th, you can go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and watch our pre and post shows all about the PlayStation meeting. And, of course, watch it while we do the, the meeting itself. Wait, we'll wait, talk wait. over it. Oh, wait. So, this goes yeah. live for Patreon before Patreon.
0: Patreon the week before for normal users. Monday before. This will be the, the Monday. The, the, yeah. Like yeah. Two yeah. days yeah. before. I was going like, so wow, to say, it So, come watch all our content way. there. Don't
1: yeah. worry. I'm about excited. It. We're about, up? About it's coming up soon. Well, what probably I so. like about Ming's question here. is the fact that it's deeper than what we usually get. Mm. Once in a while, Con and I will talk about PlayStation I think on the last PS I Love You, we did, actually, what we'd want want out of a Vita 2. But we never go into UI software. We always get hung up on the machine itself. Mm. I still think that's where I start right now. Where I start, Tim. Mm And well, actually, you know where I'm going to start with a little history lesson. Go for it, Craig. Go for it. PlayStation Vita, objectively, the best piece of hardware that's ever been released in the video game landscape. But the problem with it is that it's a tale of two Sonys. It's still very much the PlayStation 3 Sony, and it's still very much the PlayStation 4 Sony. PlayStation 4 Sony, of course, came out kicked everybody in the teeth, admitted they had fucked up last generation and said they were gonna fix it this time around, right? Mark Cerny comes out, it's a powerful PC, it'll be easy to port your games, it's not the cell processor, we're here about games, we're here about games, we wanna to talk to gamers, we want gamers to buy this system. This is a machine for the hardcore gamer. They never say hardcore, but that's what they're striving, right? The the people that are starting to feel left behind, whether it be mobile gaming, whether it be whatever the Wii U's trying to do, whether it be, if you remember, what Xbox One was saying they were gonna do, that they are gonna do TV, TV, Xbox, Xbox, TV, mm-hmm. TV, TV, Call of Duty. They came out and said all the right things. PlayStation 3, of course, was them saying all the wrong things for a long, long time. And not really understanding the market. Getting it on track in the end. But still, never really recovering. Right? PlayStation Vita is right in the middle there. Where I think that if PlayStation Vita hadn't happened... Uh, the way it happened with PlayStation 3 on the market and that Sony if they would have waited and launched it after PlayStation 4 We would have seen a device. That's the device. I'm going to pitch you Which is here is the handheld for the hardcore gamer the gamer the gamer the gamer. It's about games It's gonna be easy to port your stuff. It's as powerful as a ps3 Hopefully, it's somewhere closer to a PlayStation 4, but whatever is actually technically relevant, right? It is a boutique item. We aren't expecting to sell a lot. We want this to get into your hands so that you the person who loves video games can play high quality video games wherever you are on the road. Have that PlayStation experience. It you look at this device. I think it looks a lot like the PlayStation Vita is right now, except that it has two triggers. It I call and I disagree on this all the time. I say there's no touch of any kind because I think touch does harken back to we're chasing the mobile market. We're chasing the casual gamer. This can be something for anybody. This is a device that we know. We're not gonna make the biggest margins on. We know we're not gonna sell 15 million units on. We're giving you this device that we want you to do. Cause then it's gonna be the one where if it came out now or they made one now. What they should rely on is that, hey, play your PlayStation 4 games anywhere with remote play. And they tried a little bit with PlayStation Vita, but it's always been so weird and pigeonholed in. And all right, cool. Like, oh, you got to use the back touch for R2 and L2, yeah. and that never works right. Or swipe over here for a grenade and stuff There's like no that. L3, R3. Exactly. Boil the dual shock down into an actual handheld, and that's all it is. And maybe it is chunkier. Maybe we get the form factor to where it looks more like a dual shock with a screen in the middle or something to oh, that yeah. effect. But that's what I would want out of a PlayStation Vita 2. I would want them to to be the Sony that came out in that February event and say, here is a device that is designed for you, for you, for me, for you, the person who's watching this. We want to give you this handheld, and we want it to speak to you as a gamer and not worry about, all right, cool, and there are going to be iOS ports and this, that, and the other, and da 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 da, da. I want it to be a real machine.
2: Mm-hmm. I here? agree with some of what Greg says, but I don't agree with, with all of it. I mean, I, the touchscreen thing is is just... That's just a fundamental disagreement that he and I have about, um, I think, yeah, you could say um, this is this 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 courts uh, mobile gaming. It's, to me, I say that's how we interact with devices. So like the the interface of the Vita itself, it may like with the bubbles and stuff, I think it's fine. Like, I, I think you can make something cooler. I'm not intelligent enough and in designed to know what what it would be. Um, but uh, but I say that only in the sense of that like the touch screen that having a tactile screen is not that expensive in 2016 2017 at all um, and even if you're just interfacing with the machine and not with games I think it's totally worth having it because that's the way we play with those devices I think it would I think it honestly would feel very old if you couldn't touch that screen I think it would be weird um, but that aside, I think one of the major things from a technical standpoint, and we've talked about this in the past, I think, is that, to Greg's Greg's point of multiple Sony's, is that th- there's no there's not been any synchronicity between Sony devices in a long time, and it's been a huge problem for them. So, like, uh, PSP predated um, uh, PS3, and any interactivity between those two devices was really, like, not... USB stuff. Yeah, like, much. not really that important. Um PS3 came out and kind of caught fire later on. Meanwhile, Vita was um, really designed to work with PS4, but they couldn't say that yet. And so they had this weird kind of in-between space, like Greg was saying, where it's like, well, PS3 is doing fine. We can't talk about the PS4 yet. The Vita seems like it was made with not without the PS3 in mind, but really it's made with the next console in mind. We can't talk about it. And that caused a lot of messaging problems. It's the same kind of thing we saw with the fucking light bar on the controller for the PS4 where are like, why does this exist? And I'm like, well, it's for the camera and all that. And I'm like, but who cares? And it's like, oh, it's for VR. That's why you just couldn't say it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally for VR and totally for the interactivity of VR. So they have this synchronicity problem with their devices. And now that PlayStation 4 is doing really well, Uh, To have a device that is more powerful than PS3 if uh, components allowed and the price point can be below $300, which I think would have to be. Um, You could have a boutique device, a niche device, like uh, Greg was saying, um, that I think could cater uh, to um, the hardcore gamer, like he was saying, as well. But I think because all the stars align better for Sony now, that they could probably sell twice as many of them as they sold uh, Vita, if... A very specific thing of uh, very specific things going in, in, in order. They're not going to sell 50 million units or even 40 million units of a handheld ever again. Nintendo even struggle struggling to hit like really hit and reach those numbers. They have, but um, you know PSP was somewhere around 80 million. DS was over 150 million or something like that. It's like these are in insane numbers that are never going to mm-hmm. be reached again in the handheld market. So as long as the the it's the expectations are calibrated downward, then I really think the thing that's going to sell this, this is what we were talking about on. Um, on uh, PSLV? on P- no, on on the the Reacts video that we did for PS ah. 4 Slim is that I think that they have to get developers on board, and the way to do that is to say like, the risk reward here is just lower, and so you can make money. It reminds me of uh, going to a GDC talk I went to with um. Uh, Drinkbox Studios some years ago, where they were like, we net we they put a game on mobile now with, with Severed after launching it on Vita, but they're like, We're really not comfortable doing that. I and mean, I'm paraphrasing because we just we're it's easier to find our games here and we make more money. And even though the investment's higher to make a game on Vita, um, people notice that and people buy games, the attach rate's high. So, did they
1: Guacamelee come to iOS? I thought it did. did I don't, it? I have okay. no idea.
2: Severed makes, sen- Severed makes sense on iOS, sure, um, True. and uh. I think it's probably fully playable there. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by that. The thing I think that they have to say is, you know, I was reading some stats lately. Um, The last year, handheld traditional handheld gaming only accounted for three percent of the market. But this was only done on the back of what forty or fifty or sixty million devices. It's an impressive amount of money made on a small amount of devices. When you compare it to the quarter of the uh, industry's gross revenue uh, that is garnered from mobile across nearly three billion devices, with an average price point of a game or an app at fifty cents, with most of the stuff being free, and with fifty eight percent of the audio or fifty eight percent of revenue accounted for with one percent of the audience. That's those kind. The statistics scare the shit out of game developers, and to because they realize that a no one's like no one's really paying for their games. Fifty-eight percent of revenue from one percent of the audience is not a viable solution for a more traditional space, and fifty cent average being brought down heavily by free games means that money can't be made, even if your game is niche uh, and people are downloading it at fifty cents or a dollar or two dollars. There's no money to be made there. It's not possible to turn turn around things. So go to developers and be like, we. Want your games on this device, and yes, you may only sell a hundred thousand copies or fifty thousand copies of a game at ten dollars. But isn't that a lot better than having your game downloaded half a million times with one percent of the audience giving you maybe a couple dollars each? You know, like they have to make this pitch, and Sony, I think, did make this pitch with the Vita a little bit, and it did it did garner games, and games do sell well on Vita. Um, not all of them, but some of them. So I think that that's the big strategic thing that they have to do is to say this might not make intuitive sense because of the volume. But this makes intuitive sense for revenue, and this makes intuitive sense if you want to make core games for core gamers and want to get noticed. Really nurture that catalog of games and make sure, and I think they've done actually a really nice job of that on Vita. Um, there's garbage on Vita, but there's actually a really good catalog of games on Vita, If you and, and they're not that hard to find. Mm-hmm. So make those cases to developers. Um, I think the tech is less important. But 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 you know two triggers and all that kind of stuff. I think is is has to happen at clickable analytics. It's one of those by adding those. I feel like you open the door to again have a Mark
1: Cerny presentation of we realized we made some errors with Vita originally. This is going to be so much easier to port your games over indie. Every indie game that comes out, it shouldn't be that the Vita version now gets canceled or whatever. Because no, you just have to bring over the PlayStation Four version and do some voodoo to it. Because I'm
2: sure you know, for these indies that aren't as powerful, yeah. obviously. Right. And I, you I hit the port button. I, I yeah. just <laughs> I, I just do I I just do feel like. You know, Greg said you know they're only going to sell you know the expectations of fifteen million. I don't think that Sony should do it if that's what their expectations are. They have to aim higher than that. Like whether or not it's possible, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But one last foray into the uh, into the market with a goal of twenty five million, I think, is is not unreasonable considering what Nintendo's doing. On the backs of their IP, but also on the backs of some three, third-party games that, if they could just like people really enjoy some of this stuff, the uh, the level five games, for instance, uh, like Professor Layton. Uh, Square Enix is, is is producing a lot of good content there. Um, they're getting some great Japanese games uh, from other from you know uh, from other developers and publishers as well. If Sony could just nurture that, make the connectivity between uh, Vita and PS4 and Neo very seamless, not only with remote play but perhaps with some uh, onus on some sort of Crossplay functionality. Well, that I mean, um, that has to be... I, I think that they just have to check a lot of boxes. If they could check all those boxes successfully, if there are fifteen boxes and they can get twelve of them checked, I think that I I don't think it's that crazy because I I just it might seem unintuitive, but you just have to set your expectations lower. Not everything has to sell like a PS4, you know? Like sure. And I really still feel like they haven't probably lost money on Vita. Like and so I, I think that Sony's a big corporation, and they had a write downs on Vita for sure, and they stopped reporting those numbers. But I don't I don't know that with the burn of 10, 15, 20,000 of these being sold every week in Japan, for instance, with games still being released there and, and this thing just sitting there not doing anything with it, like it's a burn. You know, like yeah, I
1: slow burn, you're going to make your money back in the long run. But I mean, that's the thing of what we're talking about is if they put out another one, I don't think you call it Vita 2. I think you give it another name and you focus on PlayStation 4. Talking about the Vita in particular being a device out of time and out of sync with the company is the interface. I hate the bubbles. I think the bu- I, they're fine, don't get me wrong for what they do, but it's a weird system that a weird interface that isn't PlayStation in any mm-hmm. respect. And it was one of those things when we originally got it, we were like, "Oh, interesting. Is this a hint of what PlayStation and No, you get PlayStation 4 and it's cl- I think it's clear that they were like, "We're not bringing the xmb over to playstation 4 so don't do what we did on the ps3 and psp which made sense and was awesome because it was easy to transfer files and stuff in between but we don't know what the playstation 4 interface is going to be yet so you can't do that either yeah. so it became all right we'll do this touch bubbly thing that originally you didn't even have the ability to control with uh, any of the real buttons you had to touch and do all these different things making it feel like this device that wasn't built for gamers and so that's the whole thing is you put out whatever you call the next handheld Vita 2 which is not what you call but we'll code name it and you make it look like live area. It's the exact same idea, exact same stuff happening on it. Same thing where, Go over, you know, you go one to the left or whatever and you see what your friends are doing and how that's going mm-hmm. and Then the store is always up there and you're same same everything just to get in there and be like Okay, this is what this device is and this is how it communicates and when I plug it into the PlayStation 4 the PlayStation 4 Recognizes it. Yeah, which is out of control insane that when you plug the Vita into the PlayStation 4 it just goes This device is not supported. Yeah, it's like are you fucking kidding me? That was like because like granted. We were moving in all sorts of uh, ways a normal consumer doesn't but it was so much easier to download games to the PlayStation 3 and plug in your Vita and transfer them over and the Vita I, I like even with like photos the way you can uh, screen cap and then plug it into your computer and your computer's like okay cool you want to drag these into your photos I'm like yes this is perfect this is great why is it such a chore to make this understand mm-hmm. what the happening on the PlayStation 4
0: yeah For me, I've been thinking a lot about this. since A couple days ago, me and you were talking on Colin Greg Live, I guess it was yesterday, uh, about what it would be called. Like, what's the best title for it? And I was saying, I think it should just be PlayStation Portable and call it a day. But I was like, is there something better to do? Because I think portable is a bit of an outdated thing. We're talking about the Vita being stuck in a a time that doesn't really exist anymore. And it was in the middle of the, the things. I think that the idea of a portable system is very close to being outdated. When, when we have mobile existing forever and that we have what we think the, NX, the NX is gonna is be, gonna be. Um, it, I think that the idea of a portable is kind of a bad direction to go, and that's why I think that if Vita 2 or PlayStation Portable 3, whatever, or whatever yeah, the yeah. hell it's called, is like a real thing, I think it needs to be radically different, actually targeted towards the the hardcore gamers, but thinking of, instead of making just another thing that's like, oh, it's a portable system, Take that out of, totally out of your mind. Think of it more of as a system that you can play outside of your house. Yeah. So it's like, even if it is chunkier, it does have the the shoulder buttons and the analogs and the, everything's proper, right? But I think that a, a unique way to do that would be instead of having the, the next Vita being a system, have it being a platform, even if it is what PlayStation Now could turn into or whatever the hell they want to call it. Play, they have PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now, play, they add all right, these right, things, right. but like, uh, PlayStation something that what if it was an app on a phone that you can get on iOS or on Google Play and use a DualShock Four, you know? And like I don't know the technical wizardry around that, but if they figured out Remote Play and that was it, it it's just it is the experience of playing PlayStation games, whether it's PS1 classics, PS2 classics, um, game like PSN games or whatever. Like it always blew my mind that PS3 PSN games and PS4 PSN games can't play nice, and I get it's the porting and all that stuff, but um. I think the idea of just figuring out a way to make the DualShock 4, that is it. People have screens everywhere. You know? Yeah. You can, if you could just instantly connect it, I think that they're taking steps towards that. We saw with the, the PC connector, yep. so you can connect your DualShock to a computer and play games using remote play or whatever. Like That's a step towards what I'm talking about. 100%. Um, the idea of there isn't a, a different piece of hardware for the portable gaming experience in 2016, but going off the NX model, of what we think it is, of uh, being this, it is just whether it's con- a console system or a portable system. The idea is you can play wherever you want or connect it to your TV. And I think that obviously connecting it to your TV, that's a PlayStation 4, right? Yeah. Um, but connecting it anywhere else, I think it could be an app. And I, you know, a lot of the like iPads these days, phones these days, like Android phones, they're powerful. You know, they can play a lot of these games. And uh, you look at Vita, the tech specs eventually get outdated you know whereas these phones are constantly being updated and yeah it does create a scenario where certain phones and certain things won't be able to play but i mean that's i think easy to remedy with just being like all right well then either upgrade your phone or don't play those games you know play the games that are available
1: no that's an interesting move i mean we've always talked or we've been talking about it in the months prior of like well was Gaikai a huge mistake for PlayStation to buy? And now that we're getting to this PC thing, it's like, oh, this makes more sense of what they were doing, where they're going. And that does as well. I don't think we're there yet. I think yeah. you'd get another device before you'd get that. And yeah. like again, with the device, if I was going to put it out, like an easy way to get everybody super excited just from the get-go, right, is like, here's Vita 2. We're not calling it that. Here we're mix, fixing all our mistakes, da da da. This thing can play all of your your and this get where it would get really weird. Not all of them because it'd be confusing, but stick with me. All of your downloadable PlayStation 3 mm-hmm. games, right? Your journeys, these different things. Not of course you can download anything. So not, you're not yeah. downloading Fallout 3 or whatever I'm playing. It. But there'd be that. Uh, every PlayStation 2 classic we've re released with trophies, that's enabled from yep. day one. All the PS1 classics that for some reason it wouldn't even bring over, they're here. Like
0: and, and I think that is in addition to that, just that's take the Dual Shock 4, put a screen in the middle of it. Of it let it do all those things and then you can use it as a ps4 controller sure. if you want to play those ps4 games or the remote play yeah right and yeah. the remote play has its limitations but that's because that's just where we're at you know yeah. you're not going to be playing ps4 games on the go wherever the hell seamlessly twitching all yeah. over the place yeah so i think that the, there's a lot of different options and i think that you know they know this like i'm sure that playstation knows what nx is up to you know what i mean i'm sure that they're the, they're um trying to remedy that in other ways i would be shocked if they actually come out with another Thing that looks like the the vita yeah um just because i i personally feel like that's just a really outdated move that it'll it'll do fine you know it'll do i don't think it'll lose money but i think it'll just be another thing of just you know it'll be it'll get them enough revenue for it to be worth it but at this point i think that it's not uh a good call to put out things that are just going to be there like we already have vr that's going to hit that you Sure. Know what i mean like the focus on stuff instead of just putting out more things because then then uh, press conferences get more and more convoluted, and then people are like, eventually, next year, if there is another Vita announced, they need to focus on PS4 titles, the portable titles, and VR titles. And it's like, where do they do all that stuff?
2: And don't forget, like, trying to explain the Neo. Oh yeah, and all that, so. Yeah, I mean, it gets complicated. It's muddied and muddled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I think what Sony needs to realize, and I think what's really important, and what's integral, is they should not seed this hill and i don't mean seed you know cede this hill of, of handheld gaming to nintendo nintendo is in trouble they're on the ropes and they have to and they, like and i'm not saying they're on the ropes as a company but as a as a manufacturer of hardware they certainly are and and push them you know like someone needs to challenge them like the the idea of what the nx sounds like it's going to be is cool and i'm interested in it and so fight with them like like that's what they've done with VR. They were they're really at the tip of the spear of VR. It was a bold move, and I think it's going to pay off for them ultimately. Um, it might take time, and it might come outside of gaming. It might come from some other part of Sony. But being on VR and and, le- and making sure that they have a proprietary piece of hardware there, I think is very smart. And with NX, you know, doing something which I think is interesting, which is like you know a ubiquitous console and handheld experience. Don't let them get away with it. Like I agree with you that they must know, and and I'm sure everyone knows what everyone's doing uh, at the at the top. And so, at least like force them to make moves that you know force your competitors to make moves that would defend their position. Because if NX is is uh, you know uncontested in this like particular space, and I'm not saying that they need to make a hybrid console because that's not what they're going to make, but uh, the handheld space, if it's uncontested, that's boring. Like and, and that's not and that's not really good for the gamer. Like Nintendo is in a corner, and uh, so they they're con- like they have like I said they have something to prove. They have to uh, figure things out, and I I think the NX is probably going to be pretty cool, but. Or at least I hope. I don't know why I feel that way because you know they haven't released any hardware that's that's, uh, you know, that's sound super compelling. Great. But the, the rumors do sound awesome, and so um, so I really want to see like what that's all about. Uh, and I think Sony kind of challenging them and using some of this war chest that they're slowly accumulating again um, on the back of PlayStation Four success. It would be smart to invest it in other places. But at the same time, a company as big as Sony that does things other than gaming, unlike Nintendo, really, um, if they're looking at profit margins that are small like it might not be worth it for them to do it but i've said it over and over again and i believe it that they're crazy enough to do it and and uh i disagree with you i think that i think that you will get a handheld that like is um maybe a little chunkier or something like that but it will be a very much a handheld and uh if it happens at all um but i don't know you know i i have a vision in my head of something like a little bigger than vita i've always had that vision i, I don't know you know if that's if that's the case but um as long as it, you know, but again, it's all these little boxes. Another box that they have to check is like marketing, and not not marketing to gamers, but making sure that they're not laughed out of the room when they announce it. I think that's a huge thing that they have to figure out too. Like, it's going to be when NGP was announced, it was everyone's like, of course, you're gonna release another one. We've known that for a long time. It was rumors circulating about that for forever. Uh, in 2016, 2017, 2018, if you're gonna announce a new handheld, like you have to make sure that there's a uh, this Castlevania art cool. you have to make sure that the, uh, the that, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting like how, for you to comment on this for so yeah. long the <laughs> thing
1: I love about the art on so that we block so much of it It just looks like Collins get yeah, Oh now it doesn't but it, before when Colin looks straight at the camera It looks like he's just in front of like a jet bridge Like he's about to say goodbye and then walk up the stairs onto a little plane and yeah. take yeah. off <laughs> Yeah, it's
2: yeah, that's an iconic Castlevania scene. anyway, so I, I'd, I I would not be surprised not, I don't think you'll see it necessarily. That's my question,
1: real quick. Before we go, let's uh, let's really put our thoughts into a time capsule. Is it getting announced at place? To, is there going to no, be a handheld announcement? Me neither. I don't, think, I don't, pl- I don't, I don't neither. think so. No.
0: I would love that, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't
1: either. This is something you announced in Japan. There's too much course. to announce. You can't come out and be yeah. like, "Cool, here's the PS3 or PS4 Slim." Sorry, it's been leaked. Here's the Neo. Here's more with VR. Maybe I'd assume, but like they need. Hey VR, don't forget is a month away, pretty much. Yeah, like, we exactly. need to talk about that a bit.
2: Yeah, I think that you announce someone at NGP. You announce uh, a Vita successor in the safety of the Japanese market. Like I, I, I think that you do that, and that saves you a lot of trouble. I, I would be shocked if they announced that in the West. Yeah, I mean it will come out in the West if, it, if it's released. But I, I'd be shocked if they they made that like you know a, yeah. a, a specific sticking point for them.
0: My favorite thing about the PlayStation meetings or whatever yeah. is the, the the hype intro video. Oh, boy. Oh, Sony does so good. It's so good. I can't wait to see what they do with this because it's about to be the hotness. So I went to Twitter and I asked people what they wanted from the Vita 2. Jason Das says he has a long list. There was a photo that he did. He, he took a photo? He didn't want to use no 140 characters. Oh, He has 10 things that he wants. SD memory card expandable. Yes, we that's didn't talk about like that Absolutely. yet. None of this proprietary memory. Bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Two, built-in storage. He says 32 gigabytes. I think that that should be standard these days of at least some built-in storage. Uh, a centered front face camera. All really? Right.
1: Do we need this? Like what? Jason. Um,
0: remove back touch and reduce touch area. Okay. Yes. Yeah, back touch needs to go. Yeah. They painted themselves into a corner with that. Dual trigger shoulder buttons. Yep. Yeah, that's an obvious one. L3R3. Mm. Oh, sure. Ability to live stream on Twitch.
2: Longer yep, no. battery life. No. That's so- I mean that's software. Battery life not, but the Twitch thing is like... And then 10, just games, games, games. Uh, games, 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 games. Yeah, he's he's hit on some of it. I yeah, think that, like, you remove... Like, I'm not... I want... Whatever the storage solution is, it has to be, like... I'm not convinced that it needs internal storage. If 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 it will make the the unit cheaper and if you can use... If like, you're just if you using use, SD yeah, cards you SD can cards, get off Amazon, I wouldn't I mean, care about it, the internal if storage. If that's
0: the case, I think that it needs to come bundled with some SD card, even sure. if it's small. Like, it I will think be. It will like, be four I, gigs. In order for this to succeed, like they need to not have the problem that they had last time. Like When Vita was announced as the Vita, not the NGP, everyone was just like the fuck is this because of the name and because of the memory cards and all that's like that's when the bad news came
1: well that you know? yeah well no no the memory card stuff came after when well, they th- when they were like I'm e3 in the prices and we were all like what that's awesome and then it was yeah one psn per thing like, hey, you gotta use our fucking memory cards are super expensive
0: and i think that now they would need to remedy
1: oh yes yeah. but again because they have to come out world. hat in hand to be like hey we made a lot of mistakes and we're not going to do that again
2: yeah. You don't only say that, by the way. You say that you you have to say you believe in the device. Like Vita is a fantastic device, but we did make a series of errors yeah. that we're correcting with mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it's going to be called. Casey Weaver the says, Marcus.
0: "Just make it a PS4 controller with a screen in it." Done. I agree with that. Um, Andrew Garcia, very similar thing to me here. Emma's amazing battery life, two shoulder buttons, regular memory cards, um, or just an extra micro SD slot to add. Uh, Bluetooth, so that my PS4 controller can just attach to it. Mm. I don't care if it's the size of an iPad Pro. I just want regular buttons to use. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Tremblay says, AAA exclusive titles and more focus on crossplay and save. Freedom specifically with sports games. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hate out there. Hate, hate, uh, hate, 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 hate. Lennon ecot saying, I'd rather there just not be a Vita 2. Well, he's uh, wrong. And dumb. Our boy Trevor Starkey. Current Vita, just plus extra shoulder buttons, minus the back touch, and with a light bar, so it can work as a PSVR controller. Uh, William Ramos says, "Just give me back those big, beautiful black PSP buttons. Don't need those hard candy baby Vita buttons."
1: So you're always saying, Tim. I is that you. one of your alt accounts? You. It is, William Ramos. Oh, William um, Ramos. That's where you send your nudes from. Like Jimmy Carlos Champagne
0: Danger. says, more FPS games and more original Square JRPGs in the West. I'm Setsuna would have been great. Danny Roseman says, support from Sony would be nice. More AAA games to return to a Sony handheld, such as GTA.
2: That's the thing. That's a huge point, too, is they have got to commit with internal resources. They did for a minute. They got scared off Hot very minute. quickly. And I still think, and I, and it makes sense why they were scared off, because, like, well, the timing of this isn't very good. We have, you all need to make PS4 games. And, and you know, Bend is really the last one that's going to come out with a PS4 game. So um, they have to commit. Mm-hmm. resources, significant resources and money and money to third parties. If they want Madden, for instance, to speak to the Madden on PS4, then that's gonna cost them money, not EA. Yeah. So um, I agree. You know, and, and they've ab- they abandoned the Vita and, and even with MLB the show and stuff like they stopped doing it. It's like what do you what, what are you guys doing? Um, but it's a numbers game and bean yep. counter somewhere I have to figure out that these thing, these things don't make sense. <laughs>
0: Dan Wilkinson says, Simplicity, don't put the pressure on it being a home console-like experience. Let it be a sibling rather than an extension. Shane Firth says, HDMI out so I can play my Vita games on a big screen when I'm not outside. I think that's a no-brainer at this point.
2: And the frustrating thing always was that the Vita dev kits have HDMI out. So like, why that wasn't even a thing to begin with is uh, a little weird. A
1: mystery port of the
2: original Vita.
0: Matthew E. Remus says something interesting. I don't care for this, but allow download of iOS and Android games to help sell units. <laughs> okay. That just doesn't work that way. I no, don't know. it doesn't, but you know. Yeah. I and understand. if people have their phones, they have their phones, you know, like.
1: Yeah, you can, maybe you can get on uh, the Sony Xperia Play store, whatever the hell's going on over there. And then to end this topic out, there was
0: a back and forth that I need to call people out on. Okay, good. Because it was awesome. Joe Lapp says. I don't want a Vita 2. I want a PSP 2. No back touch, internal memory, better OS. To which Brendan Farrow responds, Fuck you, Joe. You wouldn't buy it anyway. (laughs) To which Joe responds, I'd buy it day one like it did my Vita. Not my fault it didn't have games that I cared to play. Brendan responds, Yeah, it is. (laughs) 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 Nailed him. All right, guys. Topic two of the day brought to you by Patreon, once again, my boy Kenny Char. Kenny Char says, what are games you enjoy in genres that you typically don't? I've never particularly been an FPS fan, but Wolfenstein The New Order was probably my second favorite game in 2014 after Shovel Knight. I was wondering if you guys
1: had any similar experiences. Uh, the one that always stands out for me is Kingdoms of Amalur: Reckoning, right? Like that is a game that on paper I don't think I should enjoy. It's in this mythical world with these characters that are all made up and bullshit that I shouldn't care anything about. But the gameplay was so good that I just totally fell down the hole, you know, the rabbit hole with that one of like playing it nonstop. And I guess it's kind of an out because you know it's a Western role playing game, but like again, it's the setting that gets me off. Yeah. But like you know, I did I did enjoy The Witcher for whatever. I don't remember. I look at Colin like he keeps he's got the best memory for. Our, our relationship, calling us the best memory, of whatever it was, like 50 hours or 35. I forgot what I clocked it at back in the day. But, like, I enjoyed The Witcher and like that. But it's like there's so many other ones that come around of, like, Shadows of Mordor. I'm like, no, this is not my kind of game. I, ch- I played it for a little bit. I get the mechanics, but that's not my world. That's not the world I want to exist in. But, man, I loved Amalur so goddamn much. And it was such a fantastic game. And to run through and play it and just sink hour after hour and hour into it, buy the DLC and play that and have a great time. Yeah, Like, that was a game that caught me off guard with how much I liked it.
0: Yeah, for me, it's kind of working backwards from thinking about genres that I don't typically, that I don't typically like, and uh, so like racing games comes to mm. mind. And Need for Speed Underground One and Two, but specifically One, like I was addicted to, um, and I, I played that. Like I'm not a big car guy overall, so I don't know what it was about it that really like hooked me, but I think it was the the combination of the tone of the game and the soundtrack and just the look of it, and like that that game was really kind of a. Um, a really nice presentation piece for the ps2 back then when it was like that's a game that looked awesome people would come over and see it and be like damn video games are crazy now you know gran turismo 3 was like the real example of that but that was way too hardcore for me sure like i rented that and i'm like uh uh-uh, not for me just- i cruised around my pt cruiser for a bit oh wow like yeah the, wow you're right there i was like nah, yeah. I'm no i'm not into this uh but need for speed underground it that game i played for hours and hours and then my brother played through it and like he it was one of those games specifically for him and it was i experienced this where he would play through the whole career and then delete his save do it again mm. delete his save it's just like
1: that's that game hooks people in a weird way yeah uh another one I, I, when you started talking about that it brought up for me cuz you always talk about it like i never connected with tony hawk like when it was just tony hawk never did but then i w- went to a friend's house who bought Thug on day 1 oh and i was God. watching that and i was like Damn, this looks fucking awesome! And I went out and bought Thug and put so many hours into that, running around being stupid. So what?
0: What was it about Thug it, that, that felt won like, out over Tony? That Hawk. felt to
1: me, and this is at a passing glance, growing up of what the Tony Hawk and you know the pro skater game was were, was like this one felt like it had a world and a story to an extent, or there was like more it of did. there was a person to yeah. personality to it, whereas before it was like let's get combos, let's get scores, and that never spoke to me. Mm-hmm. But opening it up and putting it into a world and make you know like being the precursor to what Skate would become. It's like, okay, cool. This I like, because like skate, I always liked it, because it was I started as a shitty ass skater and I'm like, I'm bad at these games. So that was the same idea, right? Of then skating around getting missions doing these different things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love Thug, but you know, it's just it that's funny because the to me the THPS games are way superior because of their simplicity. Thug was the first game to add gameplay mechanics that didn't work right. Got you off the board like, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Tony Hawk one it, you know, got it down. Tony Hawk two out of the manual, three out of the revert, four out of the spine transfer. Um, those are all key to the gameplay being fun. Thug added the getting off your board, and I was just like, it just never felt right. Mm. Um, but it did add this, the story, and it added a lot more customization. I think a big thing about those games was the being able to create your own park, be able to create your own skater, which back then was a big deal. You know, like uh, not everything had a creative mode. Yeah. Tony Hawk was all about that, and by the time you got to Thug, you could literally create your own moves, create your own like game, you create your own missions, create your own everything. Um, and I think that the, the fact that you were you in the game instead of
1: random guy from a skate video I've never heard of exactly Bob, you haven't, you haven't been on Jackass yet, I don't know who you are, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and also, all the Jackass elements I think that's when it really and especially with Doug, too. But uh, it, it kind of introduced a lot that we saw in Tony Hawk 4 being like hinted at, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's very interesting, Greg. Very, Thank you. I like to interest you once in a while. What about I you know,
2: it's rare I think that there's probably an example of game or a game or games in every genre that, that I wouldn't typically like that genre, but like the games. Racing's a good example, I mean, um, but more in an arcade sense. Like, I really love, like, Race the Sun or something like that. Uh, you know, um, back in the day, uh, Hot Pursuit 2 was, like, I played the shit out oh, of that game. Yeah. I loved that game. I, I loved the soundtrack in that you game. Got that fever for the flavor? Yeah, Hot Action Cop. I went and bought Hot Action Cop's record. I was one of five people that bought that record. I how do, too, with the, the cover with the yeah, girl's the, butt the, yeah, on yeah. it. yeah. Big fan. Doom Boom, the opening track. I love that fucking song. Um, so uh, there are examples of that. I think Civilization 5 always sticks out mm-hmm. to me. Um, I, these are games that I should like, but I just... Um And I mean similar kind of games to these kind of more Sid Meier civilization games. Uh, But I've gone and played some of the other ones and tried them. um, And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, for me, like, I love civilization. I just love that. I love civilization, uh, but not necessarily the genre. I mean, there are adventure games I like. I think I've actually had a little bit of a renaissance with adventure games. And this is going to be a weird thing to say, but I don't like, we've talked about in the past, I don't like these obtuse ass fucking adventure games that feel like they're a job, you know, like, where I'm like, what? I don't know how, where, what, how this candle interacts with this. F- like, I don't fucking know what you want me to do. Like, Grim you know, Fandango a, yeah, like I'm like, that, I, yeah. I appreciate that people like those games. I'm just like, this, this is. I remember when we played Grim Fandango when it came to PS4, right when we launched, we were streaming it. And I'm like, this game kind of like, I don't know, why would you want to play this? It feels like, stupid. Uh, you know, and I'm like, you have to go back and. and I'm like, all right, so, and I appreciate why people, well, you know, that people like them, but it, it wasn't for me yet. Gone Home's an adventure game, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, um, walking Dead, right? Yeah, the Walking Dead. So, like, so they're different kinds of adventure games, but they are adventure games at their core. And so, these walking simulator type games, I like them because I think that, um, that you have the story elements that these adventure games really excelled at. Without me having to like, you know, bang my head against the wall because I just don't play these games well. Um, but I've, I've, uh, you know, there, I've encountered adventure games in the past that were that were fine too. I think the same thing with puzzle games. Like, uh, I don't typically. Um, uh, uh, uh gravitate towards those but like i'm i really love dr mario for instance like and i'm fucking nasty at it by the way uh and uh tetris we saw it at the bar like when i was when i was playing dot clown and some
1: drunk guy yeah. out he didn't know what he was doing he didn't know he um, was up against and uh, you know tetris and all those
2: kinds of things so i don't like i don't like um <laughs> tetris. like i like playing puzzle games every once in a while like critter crunch was really fun i remember oh, yeah, critter crunch yeah, yeah. I love the animation in that game. Yeah, it's a very pretty game, very vivid game. Uh, but I don't typically, uh, you know, gravitate towards those kinds of games. But every once in a while, something like that, you know, comes out that, that I'm like, okay, I'll play it. I'll play a puzzle game. I would. And right now, I'm playing Inside, and that's not a game. You know, that's an adventure game, and that's not um, really a puzzle. Oh, okay. Limbo. Uh, limbo. Uh, and uh, that's like kind of a an adventure game or a puzzle game. Really, more of a puzzle game with uh, you know puzzle platformer. And that's like if someone's like, you want to play a puzzle platformer, big like, no. And actually, no and actually, uh, like I'm inside and in like these, these kinds of games, like I just don't like, I like progressing, right? Like I just like, even if it, even if the game's hard, even if I'm playing call of duty on the hardest difficulty level and I'm dying over and over again, I know I'm going to get past it, you know? And um, in Castlevania or Metroidvania game, if I'm if I'm I can't find the way forward, I'll figure it out. In um, these kinds of games, I'm like I don't I sit there for five minutes and be like I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and I like go on YouTube and just and look. It's it so up funny because I'm I just I don't care like I'm not gonna I don't find satisfaction. i being like, like sitting there forty five minutes later. Like, oh the. Uh you know, put this there, and I'm like, I don't. Uh, oh, of course, I should. That's have just, for that, that's that just not to why speak. I particularly play games. I like hard games that are mechanically difficult. No, for sure. I, it's just,
0: that's funny you bring up Metroidvanias as being an example of different than them because I think that they're they're quite similar in to terms what? of like in, uh, to like Limbo or Inside, where like I would say that Metroidvania in a lot of ways are puzzle platformers. You know, it's like trying to figure out how to progress and like there's doors and stuff that you can't get through yet. And it's like, it's a bit more simple, but when you really think back to like the puzzle elements of Limbo or inside, they're similar.
2: But that's, the the, the, I think the word is, and it's not meant in a pejorative way towards myself, but it's simple, right? Like if you think about Symphony of the Night, you come across these caged doors, right? And there's a few of them and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do here. And then you get the mist ability and you're like, oh, now all of those puzzles are solved. Yeah, And I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Or like these sealed off doors that you need Or you, like, see a thing where it's, like, you can't jump to it. You need to double jump or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that solves literally 15 different things that I had to do. And I remember Mm. where those things are on the map. So, yeah, they're similar. Maybe genetically come from the same place. But a way more mechanically driven, backtracking, satisfying thing for me as opposed to saying, like... No, I'm with you. Because you figure in an adventure game, you never know if you have the solution. It's easy enough to be
1: like, I feel like I've done everything I could possibly do to get to that platform. There must be a jetpack or a double jumper or whatever. Where in an adventure game, it's like, yeah... Oh, well, how would I have known to wait for that light to turn green, and take this piece of baloney, and throw it over there? Which oh, no, sorry, I'm not talking about adventure games. Oh, it's my apologies. I'm, I'm talking also.
0: about the oh, just puzzle puzzle stuff? platformers like the Limbo's, Inside's, versus a Metro. But
1: dragon. even a Limbo or Inside, I feel like you're running into you you dead end at one point, right? Like when I got the one for me and Inside, not a spoiler. Well, whatever. When I first when you have to swim under the the yeah. door or whatever as it moves, right? I got there, and when I couldn't figure it out. I started getting. No, I was like, I sat there. and I'm like, I mu- I have it. I have it with me. It's the same idea, right? Like where it's like, you can get around a double jump. You can't get to. You're like, oh, I must not be able to go there. Yet I'm gonna double back and try to figure something out or go up yeah. elsewhere on the map. Whereas this is like, I have to keep going that way. Yeah, I, so yeah, I yeah. clearly have what I need. But how do I figure out how to do it? Yeah. I'm
0: trying to think of other ones. I think the an example of this topic, but in a different way, is the is fire emblem because I would have never thought that I would like. Uh, strategy RPGs at all mm, that's um, a good one
1: that was the same thing with me like Valkyria Chronicles and then, but
0: yeah then I got into it I'm like holy shit I love this yeah. and that it was a, a perfect example because I only played it because of Smash Bros because uh, I liked Marth so much and then I was like alright cool I want to figure out the game he's from playing and I was like when I saw videos of it I'm like there's no way I'm gonna yeah, yeah, like yeah. this Fell in love with it. Played Advanced Wars after, and like now I'm like, holy shit, that's one of my favorite genres because it is so satisfying, and there's so much depth there, and it 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 makes you feel like you're doing something that with the story elements on top of it. I think that it it's a, a really really excellent genre to get into that I think a lot of people uh, wouldn't think they'd be sure. into.
2: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, strategy RPGs. It's funny because I'm very particular about them. Like I I don't actually don't like Fire Emblem. Like I the um, I remember trying. I think it was Awakening, and I'm like, "There's just something wrong about this." And then what I realized was that, like, I basically just like the Square Enix style uh, strategy role playing games, and pretty much nothing else. Like, when I think about the three hallmarks for me in that genre, and these are three games, three series I fucking adore, is like Ta- Final Fantasy Tactics, obviously, and Tactics Ogre, and Front Mission, which is a which is a, a series I hold very near and dear to my heart. And they they shit on that series; like, they do everything else over there. Um, but like these very deep. Grid-based tactical role-playing games that have a very specific way of playing them—that's the, the thing that ties them all together. In a way, like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and like Let Us Cling Together are like almost indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's fine for me. Like I love these very basic uh, in premise but very deep uh, strategy role-playing games, and for me, Fire Emblem just uh, doesn't do it for me. Like I—I've I, tried a few times, and I'm just like I don't know what it is about it, I think a lot of it has to do, at least back in the day, with, like, it's kind of linear in the sense that, like, it's not, it doesn't seem very grindy, it didn't seem like very, uh, cl- like, super granular and class-based to a fucking nth degree, like, these really, like, when you're, you get really deep in fun these tactics and you're, like, a mathematician or something like that, or you're... A dancer and stuff like that, like, and you have to figure out like, like how the like, but you don't have to use these classes. These are really weird obtuse classes. You mm-hmm. can you can be your white mage or your time mage and stuff like that. I like that kind of shit. That's why I'm so sad. Like I, I'm kind of reformed from that genre because I, there actually hasn't been a game probably since Let Us Cling Together on PSP or like Final Fantasy Advance uh, Tactics Advanced and Advance Two where I'm like I even. Even played them. Yeah.
0: Do you play any of uh, the Disgaea games?
2: Yeah, Disgaea. Yeah, so Disgaea doesn't do it for me either for multiple reasons. The stacking is really weird in that game. I don't understand that. These like <laughs> these these super ridiculous damage numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoa. that's what I always loved about Dragon Quest, where it's like you have 10 hit points when you start the game or 12 hit points. Why do I have like 5 million hit points? You know, why is this guy doing 9 billion damage? It's like, why can't you just make it all like normal? you know uh so this guy i just this guy had this guy is charming uh but and and very popular uh but yeah not for me either Mm. the last one i played was uh three i think so
1: shout out to dc universe online not Mm. even the joking sense i
2: I throw it out as a joke all the time but like i'd
1: never given a shit about an mmo before but there i was like now what 700 hours in my life to that game like Granted, it was subject material that I, I obviously have a hard on for, but it's just a game genre that for sure never spoke to me before. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's it. I can't really think of of too many others. So there you go, Kenny Char. Thank you very much. Thanks for, for your supporting support. us on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Colin, mm. topic three of the day is something that you brought up to me yesterday: the PSN and the quality
2: of games on it. What do you have to say about that? I'm wondering if we're like crossing a we're having a shift on PlayStation Network specifically. I can't speak to Xbox Live uh, authoritatively enough to know if it's happening there, too. My suspicion is that it is. Um, where I'm I'm, I'm feeling like there's no quality control of any, ob- like, objective measure on these consoles. This came up to me because... Uh, I can't remember the name of the game. I wish I did because it's important. I guess it's somewhat important to the argument. But a few weeks ago, a game was released on PSN that was, like, totally fucking... Like, full of stolen assets and art and music, apparently. And, like, it was, like, everyone was, like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, we expect to see this. This happens every day on iOS and Android. They're, like, totally unmitigated free market markets where they'll eventually get taken down. But, like, there's no process. Same thing with Steam. And when I saw this, I was, like, w- and a lot of people were, like, how did this happen on PlayStation Network? How Like, where, where is the quality control? Did no one, like, look at this? Does no one, does no one, like... F- Try to figure out, like, yeah, this game might not be for me, but we can understand how this might be for someone. There's some sort of objective quality, uh, level of quality to this particular game that, may, like, that under no circumstances will uh, a vast majority of the audience just hate. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that, like, they're flooding the market in a very Steam-esque or iOS way lately in the last couple of years since PS4 really launched. Where I'm like, this is in the wrong direction. This is going to start to, sc- oh, we were talking about the Vita thing, the Vita argument of, like, of discovery and of like having a place where you can make some money like they're actually injuring themselves and I'm curious if you guys have noticed this on the platforms that you play and if and if you think it's problematic too because I find it to be extremely troubling um, that on PSN yesterday for instance or today but on PS I love you when we when we recorded it um, that or 2 days ago when we recorded it that we read something like 14 new games or something oh, like that. Was, I thought it was more I, than I, that I, I was yeah. like I'm like how is that possible there should maybe be this many games a month maybe on your platform I mean, for I, me, I don't. I, I understand consumer choice and all that kind of stuff, but I'm like, you're, you're like, what are some of these games? Like, I can't imagine some of these games on a platform with 45 million users. I bet you some of these games sell literally 5,000 copies. Sure. It's like, what is the point of even releasing a game that no one cares about? That you don't promote? There's no PlayStation blog post. You stealth release it.
1: and then I you think, bury shit. I think you give too much credit, and I think you've done it for a long time to what goes on over there behind closed doors about a game getting on the PSN. I don't think there's like a quality control board sitting there playing it. i'm sure it gets rated by the esrb or whatever it gets certified cert- certified or whatever that it runs and they just don't care they put it up and this is i think key to the argument you had with andrea and not like an argument but you know the argument andrea and you were making on separate sides the mobile game and the playstation slash console game on the playstation 4 slims react and the fact that i think Andrea was arguing right that the things you were talking about with all these mobile developers falling and failing and all the shit games Happening she was arguing that happens already and I think it's just a per capita thing Uh, you know what I mean where I think honestly there's so many more It's so easy to make an iOS or a mobile game ninety nine dollars gets you the 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 program You need to make a game and put it out a good example of this is that you know I I was like did guacamelee come to iOS put guacamelee in and it autofilled I'm like oh it did and then there was like three apps there that were not guacamole but are using that name and like talking about guacamole mm. and I'm like I don't, I mean, what are these fucking clones even doing it's not that bad yet right but it's cuz there is that barrier entry of getting a dev kit and getting going and getting working on playstation but if you were to somehow try to get the numbers do a bunch of division i'd feel it's closer in terms of per capita basis of like there's a lot of shit put out and there is and i i don't know if you should stop it or how you stop it the the I think the if anything the onus on celebrating champion games falls to the PlayStation blog or sites or us or Personalities that are going to be like the Vita lounge the, the guys who make the you know the actual Vita magazine Right the fact that they're gonna sit there and celebrate and champion and talk to developers who are making quality products and do it And so if you're a Vita fan, you're gonna read that magazine because you know to the Vita argument uh, I forget what it was. It might've been dual shockers, but in the last two or three months, there was an article up about like, Hey, is anyone aware of how fucking broken it is to find a PlayStation Vita game where they're like games aren't not mentioned on the blog post, but if you go to the store, they're in new releases, but if you go to the web portal, they're not, and that might be vice versa, but it's one of those things where you can't, physically find things as a person like typing and knowing exactly what you're looking for you yeah. can't always find the game you want and that is the fact that it's inundated there's so much shit coming out and it is one giant bucket of dlc add-on game yep. this thing
0: and that's always been my my issue so are you talking about like is there too much crap on psn i think that it's even uh less of a problem of crap games more of just crap content and the fact that the crap content is with all of the, the are you games. about
1: to insult the dynamic theme of corn yeah, exactly. the corn of the the corn on the cob rotating
0: <laughs> but that's the problem is it's just like every single time i've ever been on psn whether it's ps3 ps4 vita whatever it's finding stuff has always been an issue because even if i'm looking f- exactly search term final fantasy x yeah, yeah. like why am i getting so many dynamic themes and avatars um, and like dlc packs and stuff and like things that are just like kind of relevant and it's just when you're searching through games it's like they make it too challenging to just look at games. Yeah. You know, I know that all you need to do is go to the little ticker and and click it, but it's like that option should be the default, like finding the, the, the themes and packs, you, you should struggle to find those You things.
1: figure, I mean, like, the, the the best, worst example of this is like, oh, man, it's the first of the month. There's new PlayStation Plus games. And you would go into the store, go to PlayStation Plus, click PlayStation Plus, and it's like, do you want to buy one month, six months? I'm like, I want the fucking games. Where yeah. do I go to find these fucking things on and, the store? And that's the
0: thing is I think that the, the PSN does a good job to an extent of... Telling you what they want to tell you. Like when you log into the store, like the first opening page, it gives you a lot of information and that I think is actually really helpful. Like it lets you know what sales are going on. It lets you know what PS uh, plus games are there and all that stuff, what's new and uh what like retail game, like you know, bigger games yeah. um, are like are the hotness right Pre-order now. Pre-order now. Yeah. And I think it's like, all right, cool, but then you're right. Then you click into it, and it's just like every single time I'm trying to get a PlayStation Plus game, it never makes sense to me. And I'm like, <sighs> And then it turns into me searching for exactly what I want. And across PlayStation 4, it's
1: F. And then you gotta go yep. A. And then you gotta go, all right, time to N. And oh, then you gotta go ah.
0: There's just so many options there. And it's that's where I think the, 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 the crap argument really gets in the way.
2: Yeah, there's clutter. I think it's better on PS. I mean, it's not better by volume on PS4, but better in terms of searchability on PS4 than it was on, on PS3 is a mess. Uh, and Vita's a mess. Um, Alvita's the word. like, go to your but, download list, yeah. it's just everywhere, your like, dates are all wrong, fuck? like, they definitely didn't download all hundred of these in one day. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't I don't know what they're thinking with a lot of that kind of stuff. But my, my, I feel like there's a solution to this particular problem that at least I'm raising in um, amongst these litany of other legitimate issues, which is, um, I really do feel like these companies need to hire a board of people That literally play these games, and and they're submitted for certification, and certification shouldn't stop begin and start as does the game work, and is the trademark logo proper, and did you, you know, um, replace the A button with the X button, and or whatever, you know, whatever. Although that didn't happen in Tale of Borderlands, which is fucking hilarious. Um, And rather like, and my my mind is like, have twelve people. With very like that, you hire you have to like really go out and find these people. This is this is my like kind of harebrained solution, but well, this is the Nintendo seal of quality. Exactly, go and find. Not that that really meant everything in the world because it didn't. But, but same idea. <laughs> but to that point, in the NES era, as as a lot of people know, you could only publish five games a year on Nintendo. You had to pick and choose the games. Like, and this was a thing that um, I think guys like um, uh, Frank Cifaldi I think, and, and some other guys talk about that. Like, the NES has games that are done. That are translated, that are finished, and because the publishers and there's actually a lot of them, and because mm-hmm. the publishers could not publish more than uh, five games a year, and some of them didn't have like these shell companies like Konami did with Ultra, where they could get well, with ten games, um, they just sat on a shelf. Final Fantasy II, for instance, the real Final Fantasy II on the NES is done, translated, finished. It was even at CES, and they never released it. You know, like they just never fucking released the game. There, you find these things over and over again. Um, for all these reasons that Nintendo was looking at what the uh, the Atari experience from 81 82 83 where they're like the, the, this fell apart Because there was no control of there was no quality control. No one gave a fuck people were just shitting it Quaker Oats was making games like like everyone was making games and that's like we're kind of seeing a Similar thing now Where like that's not good for the market because people then don't trust quality and what I've noticed is the segue of you know, with the fall of THQ and all these kinds of things where we had kind of like A games, I think you still have your A publisher in something like Deep Silver. But if you really think about it, there's not that many retail games that are like just bad. Oh, no. no you know, no. anymore. There used to be like. Bad retail games that were coming out mm-hmm. now like, the, the Explorer goes to Mars. now. There's like you really like really have to think about it to Even think about something that's like lower than you know a, a Metacritic of five or six that comes out of retail at $60 because There seems to be some thought going in there because everyone's now going and being like well We don't have to spend money on retail and, and everything's digital anyway So we can go to PSN and release games at a cheaper price point that are shittier And I so my, my solution is to say like hire 12 people like literally a dozen that know games that have varied expertise in games, and during the certification process of the technical at the technical level, have these people just sit down and watch, or sit down and look at, a, at the game and exchange notes on these games? They don't even have to play them for that long. But the the question shouldn't be like, "Do you like it?" Because like, if someone was like, "Do you like this racing game?" I'd be like, "No, I don't like this racing." But you can game. recognize, the but uh, yeah, of exactly. It. But be like, "I'm a gaming expert," and yeah, like this this passes the smell test. Like someone's gonna like this. This has this level of quality. But, and I bet you, if and 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 my thing is like nine out of twelve would have to vote yes that's it and then a game goes you know and if it, it falls for below that you fucking kick the game back and you're like this we we are experts feel like this game doesn't belong on the playstation network because it, it diminishes the quality that we are striving for and and buries games listen if people are discovering games because their trophies are up on fucking psn profiles or exo phase and that's the only time you ever hear about the game probably not worth being on the psn you know probably not if there's no blog posts probably something Sony doesn't give a fuck about. If they don't give a fuck about it, then why is it on the store? That's
1: my my whole thing. You're talking about a perfect world and running a boutique PlayStation that doesn't exist, right? You have to imagine that if whoever it would be, whoever's plate this would fall on at Sony, right? I would imagine the counter argument to this is the fact that Well, we don't care because we're still making games or money off the good games that are coming out. We don't care because the shitty games are still paying licensing fees to get onto PlayStation 4. And the board that is telling you if a game's good or bad falls on the shoulders of an IGN, a GameSpot, a Vita Lounge, if you want to get granular with it. Right. The fact is, I think that they're walking the line where you remember when when mobile was taking off and so many pocket gamer and all these different sites did pop up that were going to talk about and review mobile games and then when the it, the water came over the sides of the ship and there was just too much it became that they're going to champion certain games and you'll know about them that way your monument valleys or something that'll pop up that way i feel like you're not there yet with where we are now and it's actually still to the other thing where it's like i've never heard of that game so i will ignore it you know what i mean like we read through everything on the blog every playstation or ps i love you xoxo and it's like us mentioning rocket 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 or whatever and joking around about it doesn't sell it it lets you know that it's there and maybe somebody looks into it and then maybe we're wrong and maybe that one does come out we talk about a couple weeks like oh i remember that coming out but it's like it's the same thing right where we ran through this giant list And I always forget it What is that horror? I just bought the horror game Myself last night For this plane ride Claire Claire I want to say Catherine Every time Claire was there And we're like We've heard about this dah, dah, dah. Oh bears can't drift We did a let's play That game's really fun dah, dah, dah. And like You go through the list And you are already From us being influencers Or tastemakers Or whatever Seeing stuff that The developer Believed enough in That the developer Of bears can't drift Right Is a fan of Kind of funny And reached out to us To do the let's play To tell us We got the platinum In there And make sure We got codes today And we have a whole Bunch of codes to give. Like. OK, cool. He believes in his product and he's out there doing this and he's gone to an audience that's or a, 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 somebody who spe- has an audience that specializes in a certain thing. So there still are there. And then when it, we do when you and I go through a PlayStation blog we're like what the fuck is this game that doesn't even translate correctly And this yeah. d- description makes no sense. You'd think that even there we are doing the job of the panel in saying to somebody that like, well, clearly these people don't care about their thing.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just disagree in the sense that I think this has to start at the top. There's just a lot of evidence, historical evidence, that this this hurts markets, right? Like, uh, and this doesn't only hurt gaming markets. This hurts, all, this hurts all markets. If there's an influx of shit and there can be no trust in quality, then, like, what is an example of that not hurting a market? Like, what, like, uh, and what is that, like, the cream rises to the top, I guess? But if there's so much fucking garbage in there, then, like, what does it really matter if, if, there's some sort of caliber of like low key or like influencer cra- like control of quality when it's not coming from the people that are putting the games out. It's a huge problem. That was the reason Atari got destroyed. That's the reason why Steam is becoming like kind of a bigger shit pile as time goes on, even though it's a really no- novel idea and a way to proliferate games. And that's the reason why iOS and Android have significant top to bottom issues. You know, because to your point, it relies not on on anything other than like they have those people at Apple. You know, like that aren't controlling the quality of the games that come out, but actually have curators that are like, well, this game's good, and so you, can they? Can you make the case that that that's that's um, that should be done on PSN or Xbox Live, perhaps? But my argument would be, if if you have shit like fifty percent of your shit, no one cares about you. Like I would be, I would go so far as to like not only have this panel up at, at Sony, but be like, we're going through all of these games now, and like we're removing some of this shit. Like we don't, we care. It would be such a fucking PR coup for them. To be like, we're we're putting the brakes on this. Like, we have too many games. And, like, we understand why some of you look at indie games with ire. Because for all the Shovel nights and, uh, you know, Gone Homes and all this kind of stuff, we have all this garbage. And that sucks. And that hurts everybody. Here's
1: why I think it wouldn't be a PR coup, right? And I think it's a great headline. Don't get me wrong. It'd be really cool. It'd be different. Everybody would talk about it. I think we're doing that thing we do all the time where... We're, we're speaking for our, live, our, our lives, how we consume games. I would venture to say that the majority of PlayStation gamers, and I'm people own PlayStations, don't care that much about the PSN, and don't buy that much on the PSN, right? Whenever we talk about digital and this, that, the other, kids hit us all the time that they only buy stuff in the store, and they only do this.
2: Right, but doesn't that make the case? Like, doesn't that make the case to say, like, we're showcasing... Everything's digital now on PS4, so every game you buy retail... Like, yeah. So on, that's not the case on PS3, but that's the case on Vita. Um, and that's the case on PS4. Wouldn't that make the case to be like, we believe in this platform and we have to scrub this shit out? Like, th- like there's just games that are objectively fucking terrible on this platform and it hurts. Like, and this, g- I, I, God, I would, I would fucking love to see some of the numbers these games sell. Like, I, I and you have to, yeah, they're paying on 30% licensing fee to get a game that sold 5,000 copies. So Sony made $15,000. But but like, I, think it's like, it's like, I think it's
0: a quantity game at that point. Yeah, it like adds that, up that all the shit games, like, right? But it is the same thing on the, the mobile side where it's just like there is all that crap, but that crap is just making money. And so it's like them curating and focusing on the, the good stuff, I think, is them being like, this is what we care about. That other stuff's there because it makes money, because it's a business, you know? No, I understand. Uh, in terms of the, the different markets and stuff, I think music's a good way to look at it, right? iTunes comes out, and it is it is that. It is a, a, it's a, just a storefront that has... It started a bit more boutique then got just it has everything. Good, bad, it doesn't matter. But in order to get there you had to back in the day be on a real label or whatever. As things progress, we literally have a song on iTunes. That's how easy it is, you know? Yeah. And uh that's where a lot of the things come into play of just like the stolen assets and then this and that. There's, I mean, there is a quality control thing you gotta go through that's saying like, do you own all this, do you whatever? It's like, yeah, but that's so easy to just click next, next, next. How would you and not know, right? Yeah, and so it's like, in, I think that it's impossible on that level to have quality control for everything because there is so much. Gaming is a little bit different because there's not billions of games. Um, but I think that it, it, we just are in a different market now where the, the entry level to do things is much lower Anybody can do things and so it's like you see all these these smaller indie games And I think that uh, in order to allow th- the good ones to be made the bad ones need to be made too And I think that they they need to be able to get into this place in a way And I think that allowing all of it in is easier than If there was such hard limits to even like get in the door I think that would cause a lot of problems We wouldn't see a lot of the Shovel Knights and stuff like that unless they are I mean like Shovel Knights Probably not a good example because of how high profile the developer was Due to how uh, the, the game Kicking was made over, yeah. but when you're looking at a, a lot of other things like i don't know the story of overcooked like what, oh, yeah. who who made that and how and you know like i think that games like that might not make it on because they wouldn't even be welcome to the door that's you the know thing what
2: is, saying? yeah no that makes sense you're making a compelling argument but i would still say that literally this board would see in two minutes that overcooks awesome sure but my you know, the, like the that, concern would be the chilling effect of it right where it's like sure the, 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 there's a lot of shit games right
1: now right but like you figure it's a this is another numbers game that we don't know the percent on. a lot of shit games out there Right, but it's getting people to make stuff on the PlayStation 4. It's keeping up with the Joneses It's giving PlayStation a foothold of not to be ignored by the steam or iOS Developer right into an overcooked the, the, sure there are games that, that you could see that are like great. This game looks really good We'd like to have it on here But we have the 12 games for this month and we're almost to the 12 games for next month and do, you know what I mean where it would be like they're getting pushed around a bit by what Sony's scheduling would be and then they're like Well, fuck you. We'll just put on Steam and Xbox one or something great granted. I'm with you that like a boutique system would be cool. Somebody to stand up and be like we only want the best would be cool, but I feel like that's like almost an Elon Musk kind of move of like we're going to be different and we're going to be smaller and this is what it's going to be whereas like it's run away with PlayStation, Xbox.
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys make interesting and compelling arguments that I think the fundamental core is what Tim was saying was would in 10 years more money be made mm. if People like you're like, for instance, fifteen thousand dollars, right? Like, gross revenue turns into after you your taxes, you know, at a corporation, eight thousand dollars, whatever. Like, that it pays the salary of a person working at Sony for a couple months or something like that, let's say. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, if you just nip if you just get rid of this, like, it's it is the argument we used to have about mobile gaming back at IGN when we would discuss it, which is like, if you cut down, um, like the bottom fifty percent what how much revenue do you really lose right mm-hmm. like we don't we don't know the numbers that's the big thing is like that's the peak behind her and we don't have um i do think that there could be a chilling effect but i also think there could be a boldness of being being like our game is good enough like don't like you could even go as far as to say like make your dev kits free you know like like we'll give you a dev kit and then send us your shit and, and better be fucking good You know, like and so I understand what you're saying and I think you're right to an extent, but I still feel like I think we are going to be very disappointed with what PSN looks like in five years. Like that, that's, that's all I'm saying. And, and if I was a developer, then that's the fucking chilling effect. For the you record, know? I've been disappointed with the PSN looks like <laughs> since this launched. So
0: I'm used yeah, to it. I mean, I, but uh, see, going back to what I was really, saying.
1: Really, I think PSN has great games on No, no, I mean like it the does interface oh, and, like, yeah, and the, the, its stability and a million other problems. But
0: with the PSN, like I, like I said earlier, I think it does a great job of presenting what it wants to tell me. I do think that there is a curation going on telling me about the, the actually awesome games. They don't really talk about all the other stuff because they're just kind of there, whatever, making money in the background. And I think it's the same thing on the mobile side. Like The reason whenever we talk about the mobile stuff that I get so defensive about it is because I just don't care about all the shit. I don't even worry about that. Apple does a really good job of telling me what games I should be paying attention to when I'm at an airport and just I'm like, I wanna try something new before I get on the plane and download something. It's been very rare. That I've downloaded something on their uh, games you should check out chart or whatever, and been like, "Oh, this sucks!" Like that is their answer to the the board. Where I'm answering, I'm playing games, and there's been times I'm like, "Not for me," but I get who this is for. And uh, looking at my thing like Jetpack Joyride, Pagel, uh, Tower of the Mask, Kingdom Rush, Pac Man Two Fifty Six, like um, all the go games, like yeah, they're great games. There, my enjoyment of those games has nothing to do with all the shit, you know, and I not even care about it, and I feel like. Uh, I I don't go to the app store ever and look at the crap. You know, they're very clearly it's like they're telling me what I am actually supposed to care about. There's a bunch of idiots playing the dumb shit. There's a bunch of idiots paying a lot of money for the dumb shit. You know, and I mean, sense similar.
1: And a good thing about it, and back to us being the tastemaker or whoever being the tastemaker, right, is the fact that our community in the industry and in the fan side of it right the enthusiast side of it is so much different than the, the mobile market and so much different than what the atari market was right where you didn't have a way to instantaneously communicate and like here where the fuck would you go i don't even know i'm not a mobile gamer of course but i don't think there's a lot of mobile gamers beating down these mobile game websites to find out what the hotness is right but with us right i can talk about taco master and make taco master chart not as a joke because it's really a fun easy platinum and i say that and then not only do i say it our fans who run their podcast say that, and then people play. You know what I mean? Like it spirals out enough in this community where you can make waves like that and actually do that. But I mean, do that's, the curation.
0: that's how I found Tower of the Mask. You know, and is people on Twitter exactly, that I exactly saying this is fun. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll check it out. And I think that it's and I've talked about it. And I've had, how so many people have tweeted at me saying, "Dude, I fucking love this." this is game. the first time I ever heard you talk about this game. I talked about it before. I was You're just trying to pitch liar. him on it. What's uh, the time? Pitch me on it. What's it? The Tower of the Mask. It's like uh, it's it's a rising. Endless runner essentially, okay, okay. where you're just kind of bumping up but you're collecting coins along the way and it's uh it's a two D platformer kind of, but there's no jump. It's it all oh, just swipes swipe like make you go. It's kind of like the opposite of uh the game you like down Oh, downwell. Downwell. Because you're you're just going up, oh, up this tower, brutal. like collecting this bunch of power and yet? stuff. No. It's a lot of fun and it's addicting and it's it's rewarding okay. in a fun way. But again, it's not like the deepest experience ever, but it's a fun game to play on an airplane. Sure.
1: Yep. I play fun games on Vita on the airplane. It'd be a good conversation. They're like trophies.
0: Yeah, hate bubbles. All right. Topic for the day, as always, brought to you, the people,
1: and Stephen Insler, Patreon producer Stephen Insler. The now again, you want to know how in deep with the kind of funny community, how much of a fan the guy who makes Bears Can't Drift is. Uh-huh. He sent us codes. Said all this. And then he said, Here's a bunch of giveaway codes. And then he had one code and he said, Make sure you give this to Steven Insler. Really? If he's still alive. Because the joke is Steven yeah. Insler died and his credit oh, that's card awesome. just keeps rolling Thank over you it. so
0: much. Dude, Bears kind of drift. We had a lot of fun in that. Uh, I'm looking uh, forward play. to playing that when we
1: get back from back. Yeah,
0: it's It's fun game. All right. Sombrero
1: says, Hey guys, when do you. Can I get, you get a minority t- report on that name, Kevin? You're a goddamn racist. <laughs> Kevin if I put the hat down you know if I put the sombrero down in the middle you know what I do?
0: All right. <laughs> you guys are definitely going to make fun of me. His name absolutely not sombrero. His name is Somber Owl. <laughs> <laughs> It's somber, Owl. It looks like somber. Close enough.
2: <laughs> it shows you how we actually read. Yeah, right. <laughs> like by you see the first letter and the last letter. And you're like, close enough. <laughs>
1: Holy
0: shit! Hey guys, it's when do you think we'll hear about the next numbered Far Cry game, Far Cry Five? Oh. And where would you like to see it go? Personally, I'd like to see them go somewhere we haven't seen yet, like a desert location, or possibly somewhere in Europe.
1: Seems like it'd be a next year game, right? Fall of next year. Yeah,
2: maybe E3. Um
1: Ubisoft's?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, when will we see it? Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, for probably maybe fall. I, I feel, I feel like Ubisoft's being a little more deliberate now, so I don't know that they're necessarily even going to release it next year. Primal did way better than they thought too, so I wonder if they're going to actually double down on that setting as well. But um, where do I want to see it? I don't really care because it's all about the, the mechanic. That, those games are fucking sublime. They really are. Like I, I, I the Far Cry games are awesome. And uh, so, if it's another tropical location that looks exactly at the last location, fine, I don't care. I'd like to go to the U.S. Let's do a
1: U.S. city. Come on, let's have Where? some fun. What you thinking?
2: I'll make it
1: up. It'll be like a Willamette, Colorado, I'm sure.
2: Well, uh, that would be cool to go to, like, Yosemite or something like that, but um, or Yellowstone, but I feel like part of those games' allure is that they are, I don't want to say foreign, because people, you know, aren't all American or whatever, but there's something not Western about those games. That's why I think it'd be
1: different and shake it up. Let's go somewhere, you know, bring it back home. It's possible. It is the fifth game. Yeah. So. I, you, you want that? You want to go be Troy Baker? Go be Troy Baker. Yeah. It's hard to live my life.
0: Nico has a long one here. He says, evening, fellas. My question relates to the pricing of software and hardware in the U.S. when compared to other territories. And more specifically, the huge markup that seems to occur outside of the U.S. Mm. This can be seen on almost any random title you care to think of. But for the sake of brevity, I'll give the example of The Last of Us Remastered, digital. On the U.S. PlayStation Store, the game's priced at $19.99, yet in the U.K. PlayStation Store, the price sits at £39.99, which at the time of writing works out at around $52. As mentioned previously, this huge discrepancy in pricing can be seen on many titles, and it's the same story when comparing USD to other currencies such as Australian dollars. I realize that the various factors can affect game pricing across differing regions, such as regional sales, etc., but to see such an astronomical difference on a consistent basis, over 200%, in the case of The Last of Us, seems inexcusable. Do you guys have any or knowledge as to why these price discrepancies occur, or do Sony, or do Sony simply hate us? Much oh, love,
1: Nick. We have freedom. And so our
0: freedom solid allows point. us to get that cheaper is a solid point. Next question, Colin.
1: Do you have any real answers?
2: No. So th- there, there, I, I have answers for why games are cheaper in some places or more expensive, I should say, in some places. In Brazil, for instance, games are fucking way marked up. Hardware, hardware is like outrageously expensive there because of significant taxes on imports there. So like, there's, there's things like that that happen. I think they were saying, wasn't remember? Wasn't the PS4 literally like two thousand dollars or something like that? Fake, I vaguely remember. Like, like, like that. Lord. So like. It, it's something to do with like over there and I could be wrong I'm sure we have Brazilians that could correct me on it completely that's something like they have an import tax and electro- like these electronics are taxed in a certain way and it just marks the price up so I know that like in that specific market that's the reason or that's one of the reasons um, in Aus- so in Australia and in places like the UK and stuff I, my theory on this and this is a long this is my long-held theory whether it's true or not is that the United States is a huge market so volume makes you more money on the back end. And when you're in Australia, where you have a fraction of the people playing games, there you have to sell them for more money. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I really do think that that it might be as simple as that in some places. Mm-hmm. There could be some taxation issues. There could be some funding of different boards that rate the games that you have to pay, um, and all those kinds of things. But I bet you that in a lot of these smaller countries, and I'm not necessarily UK is not really a small country, but Australia, for instance, doesn't have a huge population. I bet you something has to do with the fact that in the United States. Um, It's like why they released the PS4 here first. They sold a million units in 24 hours. That wouldn't have happened anywhere else. So when you're selling at volume, you can afford to sell a game for $60 USD. That might cost $80 USD somewhere else because the money needs to be recouped somehow. And if you don't have a volume of gamers buying them that you do in a bigger market, then that might be the way you make it up. But I think that there are a lot of Byzantine kind of taxation issues and importation issues in a lot of these countries as well. So.
0: Jan Hell Yeah says, hey, Colin, Greg and Tim, congrats. On the studio and all the success, I want to know if any of you have an idea about your total kill count in all the video games you've ever played. Jesus, God. This includes players, AI, neutral animals, <laughs> robots, basically everything you can kill in a video game.
1: No, that's impossible. It's got to be no millions. Yeah. Millions. For yeah. sure. We've played games our entire life. You kill something every game. Yeah, it's horrible.
0: Do your parents ever have an issue with like, the vernacular used and all that? My Killing. mom, total hippie. Like, she would hate it when me and my brother or even Kevin would be like, like oh, we died. Like Playing Mario, like, oh, I died. Uh, she just was not
1: not, not having that, that at that. all. No, I remember when I was playing Doom 2 on the computer. Uh, you remember there's rabbits in Doom. This is like one of those things. The guy like like rabbits or some shit. I forget what the hell it was. But uh, I remember we were outside, and I had been playing it all weekend or something, and we were... Gardening or some shit like that I don't remember and I made some comment about like Cutting a tree in half in our yard To see the rings or whatever and my mom Flipped out and was like oh next you want to Cut the heads off those rabbits and see the rings and I'm like what are you talking about like what are you Fucking talking about she's like don't say fucking and I was like Ah I put down no. so <laughs> the, the last part It didn't happen but like I remember it was like this Escalation of something that she had been worried About this game and suddenly me wanting To cut this tree in half because that's what you learn in school Was somehow related to doom being that What? What do you got for me? What do you got, Big Kev dog? First of all, I was really scared that you were gonna end up killing a rabbit. No, no. And second of all, they teach you how to cut trees down in school. No, but you know how that was—you going at you go on it, you're like you're on—I don't know—we're on a field trip or outdoor ed or some shit or just in class. You're talking about like you see, find a stump and you see the rings and that's how old that damn dumb tree is. But
0: I love that you looked at that tree and you're like, like let's cut
1: this
2: tree down and see how old this is. I want to see the inside. Of that I want to see the inside of that tree right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I I've always been fascinated by the vernacular generally that we use in games that we take for granted, and I'm learning that you know with different people in my life as I've gone on. Um, and I think also about dead or dormant kind of things that we don't say anymore. We don't use the term board anymore, um, B-O-A-R-D, which was a term that was used constantly in the NES and SNES era, the first board, or the second board. And this, this goes back to the way people thought about games and, and, and tabletop games and the way they segued into, and then we started calling them levels and stages, bosses. Uh, like yeah. maps uh, maps leveling backtracking like there's like all there's this whole Way we talk about games that is completely fucking foreign mm-hmm. to people that that don't know how to play games these words mean something level Means something in the real world to be level or a level. You yeah, know, like our to like You know if you're hanging a picture or something like that, but a level in a game is like a stage but a stage is
0: yeah, something. the level could also be like role playing. Yeah, leveling. yeah, leveling.
2: Yeah, like so. It's, um, I I love that generally. Like thinking about the way we talk about things dying and killing and all that kind of stuff. Like they they are thrown around mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't throw them around in the real world. But you know, the, the newsflash flash for people is that it's not the fucking real world. So, yes. um, yeah. So I, I think this that our world. But I love that sucker. if we really sat down and thought about it, the way we like. It's like it's like it's like speaking Russian to someone, mm-hmm. you know, if you um, talk about your experience in in Mass Effect um, And uh, you're jumping from Mass Relay to Mass Relay and you're gaining experience points and you're um, dealing with different alien. character classes and and yeah, like fucking Garrus you're upgrading and using upgrade trees And all it's yeah. like what the fuck does any of that mean to someone nothing mm-hmm. nothing it needs Check nothing points checkpoints and yeah. Krogans So it's interesting when you think about it that way.
0: Yes Absolutely I like this show. Lelouch Lamprouge. Shout out, shout out to Code Geass there. Considering Colin's admiration of Inafune and love of the Mega Man series, what is his opinion of the Battle Network series? Which was my favorite. And what does he see as the future of the Mega Man legacy after Mighty Number no. 9's flop? Mega Man's simply too long and successful a series to push on the rug
2: for longer. Uh, Battle Network was fun. Uh, but I think that, similar to Star Force, which came after Battle Network, I think they did just... They, it just went too far. Battle Network was very much a, a product at the time during uh, the late '90s and early 2000s Pokemon rise of, of Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon and card battling and collecting. Um, I really like Battle Network and Battle Network too. They, I were think awesome. that they, were, they were really great games. It's just that they and actually really all of them are fine It's just that like they came out too quickly and then Star Force did the same thing And it's like these aren't really Mega Man games and that's always why I've always questioned the admiration of legends as well Because I'm like what is it? What is it about this game that people really love that makes it Mega Man? It's not the furthest Mega Man has ever gone out of side of, of the classic series where it's Mega Man is X and the unfortunate thing is classic and X are dead we had never even got a bridge game that put them together, which would have been awesome and would have been an obvious thing to do, maybe for its 25th anniversary. For Mega instance. Man
0: Generations. It sounds uh, like you're talking about Sonic Generations. No, sorry, I
2: was. I was. I, was, I looked real quick. I'm like, is that at Wily Castle? Um, so uh, I feel like the the future of Mega Man is uncertain. So so first of all, my number no. nine. No one likes my number no. nine the game. Sucks, um, and it's a it's a disaster. I think Inafune's legacy is definitely injured over it, and depending on how Recore goes. And I saw Record behind closed doors at E3, and I think it looks just very generic. But I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to be any good or not. I think that a lot rides on, you know, the future of uh, Mega Man-like games based on Inafune's rise or fall based on his these two games, right? But Capcom definitely has plans for Mega Man, and I still really do believe that they're going to do a big triple A Mega Man game, and. Uh, And I think that that would be cool, but I also want Mega Man Eleven. I also want Mega Man X Nine. Like I, I, it's a similar argument I make about Tactics or these other games or the Castlevania, um, metroidvania style games, where I'm like, why don't you just release these a lot um, and then stop when, when um, it feels like it's time, and then bring them back. And and, as as opposed to like Battle Network is just dead, right? Like Star Force is just dead. You could have spread those games out. And been more thoughtful, or maybe spam them for a little while, and then went away, and then spam them again as people's like appetite for them come back. Uh, so I would love eleven in, in the same vein as nine and ten, and I'd love X nine because I think that those those games are really good too, and they're different. Um, but I really do believe, yeah, I do believe we're gonna get a triple A Mega Man game, open world game. Like I, I, just feel that that's what they're gonna do. I, I, they're not Capcom. Unlike some other companies we make fun of, are, are they're not really stupid. Like they just they make weird decisions, and they seem to correct themselves um, often. So I like they did with Re- they're doing Resident Evil, right? Um, they did with Street Fighter 4 like they, they every once in a while like you see this weird thing out mm-hmm. of them Where they're like no we understand and I think mega Man, I think they know what they have to do with Mega Man And I would I I've said it before and I said it again Like I, I would kill to fucking write that game like I, I have this vision for that game That would be awesome. I want it to be dark and violent like that, that's one of the big things is like The robots are killing humans like Mega Man is murdering these fucking robots uh, and I and uh, I've, I've said it before, but like it takes place in a city, and the 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 Mega Man two robots are the ones you fight first, not the Mega Man one ones. And um, so you find Woodman in like the, the the park in the middle of the city. Uh, you find Flashman at the TV studio or whatever, like a news studio. You find. Uh, um, you know, like all these kinds of different, uh, you find Heatman at a factory or something like that. And there's like these really violent fights and these like really like visceral and, and hectic fights going on. Um, and then it comes that, uh, you know, Wiley had created these particular robots and had reprogram- reprogrammed the original robots from the original game. And uh, so like Fireman and all those guys that had practical purposes that Mega Man and Light thought weren't even a problem at all that were still under their control. And so the games are turned upside down. And I think that that would be cool and i'll write it i'll fucking write it and it would be awesome it would be an awesome game
0: kind of kind of sounds like sonic 2006 which worries me <laughs> um, Navi says hey guys long time first time my question is how should reviews work for games with multiple versions for instance series like Pokemon Fire Emblem Fates are games which release on multiple platforms at the same time should reviewers do two separate reviews the too much water critique for example seems to apply more to Pokemon Sapphire than Pokemon Ruby thanks congrats on the new studio and keep up the great work
1: no, they should play a version of it and be very clear on which version they played. I, I you know, when we were at IGN and we uh, did multi, multi-platform reviews, I I mean, it was always the thing of I'd play through it usually on the PlayStation SKU for trophies or whatever the reasoning was or that's what I got because those are my debugs or vice versa. And then I, I remember when you had to, play, I, we, the review would go up and then the, like the retail would come in and I'd pop in the Xbox version or whatever version I hadn't played and play it for 20 minutes 15 minutes to make sure that it seemed like it had the same issues and those same things and then we'd tr- transfer the review mm-hmm. and Thank God that never really backfired on me, but Skyrim right They reviewed Skyrim on PC and port that over to every page and then ps3 has this giant fucking issue It turns out at the very end how the hell would you ever know that there's no way to do that And so going through and reviewing the game and saying editors note at the top this is review or at the bottom wherever you need to put it where but where your reader knows where to find the information this was reviewed on the PlayStation 4 after playing this many hours of it we've done a cursory check on Xbox it seems like the same or we didn't get the chance to do that when you're talking about the Pokemon games, that's more on you in terms of, yeah. I don't know the differences there, but for a multi-skew game, that's how I yeah, do it. Yeah, I
0: mean, it. I think there is a big difference there, and that the content is different, and that there is, like, it's subtle things, but in some of the Pokemon games, it could be a pretty big difference. And I think that you it's the same thing. You say, I reviewed, I'm reviewing Ruby. If you're playing Sapphire, majority of the game is the same. Here are the differences. And I think that that's just, it's more of an informational thing. Sure. You know? And uh, if it is different enough, then I... I can't think of an instance where this is the case, but or Fire Emblem, actually. I think that those games are different enough that you could review them separately um, for Birthright and Conquest. But it also makes sense to review them as the total package of Revelations
1: or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. And there's going to be enough people out there doing it, I feel like, is the thing, right? Where it's like, if I'm at IGN and I'm reviewing whatever Pokemon game and I'm reviewing one version of it, but you really want to know, because obviously I'm just boiling down the bullet points that I've been told in interviews or what I've seen on my fact sheet or whatever the differences are, there's going to be a site out there, a, a fan site, whoever, that's going to review the other version, So you can yep. go get it there.
0: Absolutely. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, this
0: has been... Episode 84 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Steven Insler, for being Steven Insler. Thank you, Kevin, for being Kevin. Until next time, I love you.